Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be we've been going verse by verse through matthew 24 we're going to continue to do so on thursday night and i propose to you that matthew 24 is not for the new testament church of which we are a part of number one when jesus is speaking in matthew 24 the whole book is jewish in nature if we talked about it was at a, a the disciples in the temple and all that all that stuff's jewish stuff and the church wasn't built yet He said he will build his church. When he's doing his earthly ministry, we don't yet have a New Testament church. Uh, But there is going to be that time of great tribulation. And go back to Jeremiah chapter 30. You should have your finger there. Jeremiah chapter number 30. And we'll read seven verses of scripture. The Bible says the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying. Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel saying. Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people, who? Israel and Judah, saith the Lord. And I will cause them, who's them? That would be the people of Israel to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. God promised that nation land, and that nation is going to get what? Land. Uh, Keep reading. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning, here it is again, Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling and of fear and not of peace. Ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness. Verse number seven. Alas, for that day is great so that here it is. None is like it. It is even the time of the church's trouble. No. It is even the time of the New Testament saints' trouble. No, it is the time of Jacob's trouble. It can't be any clearer that this fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week, which we would call the Great Tribulation or the Tribulation, is for Daniel's people. It is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be shaved out of it. Keep reading, for it shall come to pass. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. Look at verse number 10. Therefore, fear thou not, O my servant Jacob, saith the Lord, neither be dismayed, O Israel, for lo, I will save thee from afar and thy seed from the land of their captivity. And Jacob shall return and shall be in rest and be quiet, and none shall make him afraid. Last verse, for I am with thee, saith the Lord, to save thee. 
Though I make a full end of all nations, whither I have scattered thee, yet will I not make a full end of thee, but I will correct thee in measure and will not leave thee altogether unpunished. All of this refers to or is concerning the nation of Israel. Matthew 24 is not for the New Testament church. We don't find the rapture of the New Testament church in Matthew 24. It's not for the church. Now, let's go over to Daniel chapter 9. Everybody see Jeremiah 30, what the context is? You couldn't put the church in there unless you just came up with a new Bible version. You, you can't fit it in there. Look at Daniel chapter 9. Verse number 22. Daniel 9, 22. And he informed me and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel. Who's he speaking to? That would be Daniel. Who would Daniel's people be? That would be Israel. Jewish people. I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplication, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon the church? No. Thy people. Whose people are we talking about in this context? That would be verse 22. Oh, Daniel, it's Daniel's people. And upon thy holy city to make finish. And here's what we're going to speak over. To finish the transgression, make a recon, uh, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. We have in Daniel chapter 9, a national view. Draw back the lens. And this is a national view of Israel. It is not for the New Testament church. And you're going to say you can't find it anywhere in here. Don't you think that it could be somewhere? Well, let's go through these six purposes and let's see if we can force the church into it. All right. I'll try to force it in. And you tell me if it fits. And at the end of it, I think we'll come out better for it. Why, number one, do I say that it's national Israel in view and not the church? Well, number one, in Matthew 24, was the church in existence? Jesus was there, but was the New Testament church in existence during his earthly ministry? No. Why? Because he hadn't died on the cross and we already talked about all that. Was the church in existence in Daniel 9? No, it was not. It was not. And the church is not in view in Daniel 9. National Israel is in view. What does it say the first purpose of, uh, of this 70 weeks are for? Number one is to finish the transgression. 
Okay, so we have to ask ourselves to finish the transgression of who? Well, isn't it for the church? Okay, what does John 19 say? What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. Daniel 9 has absolutely nothing to do with the church or a New Testament saint. What when it said, what's the purpose of finishing the transgression of who? Of Israel. It's, it's a national view, not a church view. When Jesus said it was finished, what was finished? He paid our sin on the cross. It was the payment for our transgression. Get Hebrews 9 and 1 John. Hebrews chapter 9, look at verse 15. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. We have our transgressions Paid for on the cross. It's finished. You couldn't force that first purpose of Daniel's 70th week of finishing the transgression. You couldn't force the church into it and make it work. It didn't work. It just does not fit. First John chapter number three. Whosoever, verse four, whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sin. And in him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not, whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. What is, you transgress the law, you're a sinner. Was sin found in Jesus? No. That's why he went to the cross. And he finished our transgression on the cross. That's for us. Daniel 9 is not for us. Uh, go back to Hebrews, get chapter 10. Because Messiah was cut off when you look, well, you don't have to stay in Hebrews 10. And let me read to you Daniel 9, 26. And therefore, three scores and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. He was crucified. Jesus Christ was crucified. He was cut off. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. In Daniel chapter 9, our sins are not in view. The sins that are in view in Daniel chapter 9 are the national sins of national Israel, not the New Testament church. It's the sins of one group of people. That's the Jews. 
It is not the individual sins of us. And because of that, their transgression is not finished. Ours individually is finished because Christ said it was finished. But nationally, there's going to come a time where Israel nationally will turn to God. So that's the first purpose of Daniel's 70th week. People say, well, don't you think somehow it can be kind of for the church? So far, I tried to force it in there and it just doesn't fit. That's the first purpose. There's six purposes. The second one is um, to make an end of sins. Get first Peter chapter two. And we have to ask ourselves, well, whose sins? First Peter chapter number two. Whose sins are in view that need to be made an end of? First Peter chapter two, verse 24. Let's read verse from, from verse 23. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to that judgeth righteously. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Jesus Christ, he bore our sins on the tree. Do you think our sins were made an end to? Where were our sins made an end to? By Jesus Christ, where? On the tree. He bore our sins where? In his own body. Amen? Everybody got that? When is Israel's sins going to take care of, be taken care of? During this Daniel 70th week, that's why. Look at Romans 11. Romans 11. Romans 11, verse 26. And so all Israel shall be saved. As it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. My sins were taken away on the cross. Christ bore them in his own body. So when I read Romans 11, for this is my covenant unto them, who? Israel, for I shall take away their sins. Whose sins? Israel. Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 has national, is a national view of Israel and their sins have to be made an end for. Ours individually were bore in the body of Christ on the cross of Calvary. And you know what? The deliverer is going to come. Romans chapter 11, 11. And when the deliverer comes, second coming of Christ, he is going to deal 
That's all going to be taken care of. It's a future thing that will happen, and it's for Daniel's people. All right, number three. You'll need 2 Corinthians 5 and Romans chapter 5. So start making your way there. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And Romans chapter number five. The first purpose, Daniel's 70th week, finish the transgression. The second purpose, to make an end of sins. The third purpose, and to make reconciliation for iniquity. Second uh, Corinthians, are you there? Chapter number five. Let's read verses 19 to the end of the chapter. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Reconciliation has been made. I have been reconciled to God. Why would I have to be reconciled again? Answer, I don't have to be. Because Daniel chapter 9 is not talking about us as individuals or the New Testament church. It's talking about national Israel. I've been reconciled to God. Have you trusted Christ as your savior? You have been reconciled to God. Romans chapter number five. Verse number six. This is good. When we were yet without strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, someone even dared to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his Life, were you an enemy of God? That'd be yes. Was I an enemy of God? That'd be yes. Did we put our faith and trust in him? Yes. You know why we can be reconciled? Because he bore our sins on the cross. He took care of it. He said it is finished. And he commended his love toward us. That well, we're yet sinners. Christ died for us. Daniel 9. And to make reconciliation for iniquity. Well, that has to be the church too, doesn't it? No. Not at all. It's for Daniel's people. Isaiah 53, when it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him. 
the iniquity of us all. Is that in the Old Testament? Does that give a fore view of Jesus Christ? Sure. If a Jew wants to get saved today, you know how he's going to get saved individually? The same way that a Gentile, you or I would be saved. He must deny his national heritage, his national pride, and say, Lord, I put my faith and trust in your merit, not my nationality. You knock on a door, a person says, I'm, I'm, an, I'm Jewish. Okay, bring him to Isaiah 53. Because that's where he's going to want to stay in the Old Testament. But that Jew needs to deny his national pride and be saved the same way that you and I were saved. When it says to make a reconciliation for iniquity, who's iniquity? The church is caught up. We go into this time of Jacob's trouble, this prophetic fulfillment of Daniel's 70th week. And now when God looks at the Jews as a nation, not as individuals, that's they. The nation shall look upon him who they have pierced. Nationally, Daniel 9 is national Israel, not individual people living right now in what we would term the time of the Gentiles. Time of the Gentiles. They will look upon him whom they have pierced nationally. So to make a reconciliation for iniquity, that is for the church? Nope. That's for national Israel. All right. We have three more to go. And the fourth one, it says, and to bring in everlasting righteousness. To bring in everlasting righteousness. Okay. You guys ready to go back to First Corinthians? Good. That's where we're going. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. If your Bible gets worn out, that's a good thing. We'll get you another one. Yeah, is that right? And flip back from Daniel. Keep your finger in Daniel, but flip back and get Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah 31. Uh, everybody should be where they need to be. The fourth purpose of Daniel's 70th week is to bring in everlasting, everlasting righteousness. Let's see if that's for us. Let's see if we need that. First Corinthians chapter number one, and we'll be in verse number 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confine the things that are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory 
in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Do you know why we can glory? Because we that are in Christ Jesus, we are made unto wisdom and unto righteousness. I don't need to have everlasting righteousness because something's going to happen in Daniel chapter 9. I've already got it. And if you're saved, you've already got it. It's not for the church. It's for national Israel. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Am I the only one excited about this? Can I, can, can I get some amens? Make me, all right, there we go. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Okay, here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who would us be in that chapter? That be, as they say down south, usins. <laughs> okay, I guess that's where they got it from that verse. Uh, you see that? Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him? How can Daniel 9, to bring in everlasting righteousness, be for me or for the church when we're the body of Christ and we're in Christ? And we've been made righteous by Christ. It ain't for us. It's for national Israel. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting righteousness, hath everlasting life. You in Christ, you've got righteousness. You're in Christ, you believe on him, you have ever, you have everlasting life. There ain't no reason in the world how you can take the purpose of Daniel's 70th week to bring in everlasting righteousness when I've already got it and apply it to us. Can't do it. Everybody got their finger in Jeremiah 31? No? <coughs> Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. There's something coming for the house of Israel, and it's a new covenant. Jeremiah 31, verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the church house? No, that I will make with the house of Israel. I mean, let's just stare at the words for a minute and get the context. Who is it for? Simple. The house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people and they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, No, Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will remember their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. Whose iniquity and whose sins? National Israel. The house of Israel. To bring in everlasting righteousness. 
the fourth purpose of Daniel's 70th week is not for the church. The only way you can force it in there is to completely rewrite, revise, and realter the Holy Bible, and none of us are going to want to do that. All right, two more. What do we got? The fifth purpose is to seal up the vision and prophecy. This vision and prophecy is for the Jewish people. When they've all been fulfilled, all these visions and prophecies are going to be sealed up and they're going to be preserved. That is for the Jewish people nationally. Let's go over to the New Testament, Romans chapter number four. Romans four. Verse number 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness of the faith which he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised, that righteousness might be imputed unto them also. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, but who also walk in the steps of their faith, of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had been, he had being yet uncircumcised. We talked about this before, so I don't think I should spend too much time on it, but none of us are the descendant of Abraham physically. But what do we share in common? Faith. So there's spiritual versus physical. Spiritual versus physical. Second Corinthians chapter number one. Second Corinthians chapter number one, verse number 20. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, of the glory of God by us. Now, he which establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God, who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the spirit in our hearts. When you trusted Christ, you were sealed. He sealed you. There's no vision and prophecy that's left for us. It's for Daniel's people. In Ephesians 1, it says we're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In Ephesians 4, we're sealed under the day of redemption. To seal up the vision and prophecy, all of them are going to be fulfilled. They're going to be sealed up. They're going to be preserved. It's not for us. It's for Daniel's people. Time of Jacob's trouble is a national deal. All right, last one, number six. You'll need Ephesians 5 and Revelation 1. Ephesians 5 and Revelation chapter number 1. All right. To anoint the most holy is the last purpose for Daniel's 70th week. That's the last purpose. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 23. Anoint the most holy. Who is anointed? 
a king. A king is anointed. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. Uh, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the king of the church. No, Christ is the head of the church. And he is the king of the body. No, he is the savior of the body. You know what we have as New Testament Christians? We have Christ as our head. We have Christ as our savior. He is the king of kings. And he is going to come back and rule as a righteous ruler and king. And he is going to come back and set up a kingdom. But right now, he is our head and he is our savior, Ephesians chapter 5. And Revelation chapter 1, look at verse 6. And hath made us kings and priests unto God and his father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look at the verse says, verse 5. Christ Jesus, who is the faithful witness, first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and made us kings and priests. We're called kings. It's us. We anoint the most holy. Well, we're part of the New Testament church. We don't have a king. We have Jesus as our head and Jesus as our savior. Matter of fact, in Revelation 1, we are the ones called kings. Every single purpose, all six of them, have to do with individuals? No. With national Israel. You see a Jew individually today? You don't preach to him Daniel 9. You preach to him Romans 3, Romans 5, right? You give him the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15. That's what you tell that man. Last thing, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 32, give none offense neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. It's very important that we rightly divide the word of truth. I know everybody says that, but we want to do our best to do it. The Jew, the Gentile, Church of God. How do you become part of the Church of God? Do you have to be a Jew? No. Do you have to be a Gentile? No. You have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile. You can be part of the Church of God. That is what we are a part of. And that's what we are getting. We are trying to get other folks to be a part of that Christ's body, that New Testament church. But we have distinctions in the Bible that we've got to lay out. The Jew, the Gentile, the church of God. Daniel chapter 9, Jeremiah chapter 30, Matthew 24. All of that is dealing with not the church of God. It's dealing with thy people, Daniel's people, time of Jacob's trouble, the Jews. All right, let's bow and pray. God, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.